Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Welcome to Revolution, everyone. We are in the midst of our Galatians again and again study. Um, Galatians 3 is where we're going to be. Before that, I just want to talk about, I just got back from Belfast, Ireland, where um, I spoke, uh, well, I spoke at a church out there, but I also did an event called Tortured Grace. Um, in the same pulpit John Wesley preached from, which was kind of a trip to realize how old that uh, pulpit really was. And it was about, man, it must have been about 11 feet in the air. So it was bizarre. Um, and then did it a Q&A with my pal Pete Rollins, who helped put the event together. Um, it was really great. It's always an honor to travel the world and be able to speak in other countries. Um, I recorded it, so hopefully I'll release it soon, um, depending on how the recording came out. Uh, might have had a few mess-ups here and there, so I've got to check the recording first. But anyway, just wanted to say it was an awesome trip. Um, third time out to Belfast. I feel like it's slowly becoming my home from home, and uh, I love that. I love uh, feeling connected to other parts of the world. So here we are in Galatians. Um, Paul has just ended Second Galatians with one of my favorite verses. It says, uh, Galatians 2.21, I do not nullify the grace of God, for if justification comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. So, you know, he goes on to clearly state and make it clear that we are accepted because we are accepted because of Christ. And uh, period. And I love that. Um. I think we could go deeper with that, but we did it last week, so we'll leave it there and come back to it another time, maybe. But Galatians 3 really starts out hard. Um, I did a sermon a few weeks ago, or maybe a month or two ago, uh, using this verse, kind of helping me deal with my own doubts and faith, uh, especially with the election and all that. Uh hoopla but it he really comes out of the gate and it starts with uh three one you foolish galatians who has bewitched you it was before your eyes that jesus christ was publicly exhibited as crucified so he, he automatically is i mean he's already started out with you know you've turned to another good news another good way and remember, like, this is probably one of the greatest books written about grace, yet it is a complete rebuke about people who are getting caught up in the law again, in tradition again, um, who feel that it's a necessity in order to be a believer. And Paul is very clear that this is not a necessity. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? 
It was before your eyes Jesus Christ was publicly exhibited as crucified. So he's saying basically you saw this as a picture. Two, the only thing I want to learn from you is this. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you foolish? Are you so foolish? Having started with the Spirit, are you now ending with the flesh? Now, I think what's important about this verse here uh, in 3 especially have you started with the Spirit, are you now ending with the flesh, as Paul is showing that he's saying, are you going to do exactly the opposite of what happened to me? Because my life was started off with disciplining the flesh, doing everything a Pharisee should do, obeying all the law, uh, being blameless before men, you know, and then everything changed. And the Spirit came, and, and, and now I know that my works are nothing compared to what the Spirit has brought me. So Paul is saying, are you doing? Are you going to go the opposite way? Are you going to go backwards? Um, it's it's strange to think that works are backwards or that the law is backwards. Um, but it does make sense when people want to earn stuff. You know, that's what the world tells us to do. That's what society says. Uh, be a good member of society, be a productive member of society, and why not a faith? It may seem to make sense. Be a productive member of faith, and then that will prove that you have good faith, you do good things, you do good works. Um, now, there's nothing wrong with good works. Good works are good. But the fact is, is good works aren't based on, your salvation is not based on that. We're um, saved by grace. We are accepted because we are accepted. Even that which uh, Paul Tillich says, even that which is unacceptable is accepted. And uh, no change is demanded of that. So that's the power of the grace that Paul is preaching about. St. Paul and Paul Tillich. Did you experience so much for nothing? Is it really all for nothing? Well then, does God supply you with the Spirit and work miracles among you for doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? So obviously for Paul, it's about believing. It's about faith. It's about hearing and believing, not doing. Um, now, there's nothing wrong with doing. Of course not. How do you love your neighbor and your, as yourself? I mean, there's times where you need to re- do stuff in order to do that. Um, but what it's saying is, is what comes, what's transformative is is faith. What's transformative is this gift. Uh, Accepting that you are accepted is what's going to transform you, not doing good works, not being circumcised, not these sacrifices, you know, these are all things that ultimately, you know, nothing is wrong with except when you start thinking that they have to do with your faith. Now, Paul goes in and uses the example of Abraham. Now this is a place where you see Paul use scripture after scripture after scripture. Now we didn't have um, <laughs> the verses. Uh, the, I mean, we had verses, but we didn't have the numbers, um, you know, chapters and verses that uh, weren't numbered. And these were just written as books and letters so uh, you start to see Paul come in and use the word 
and use the Old Testament and to use the very law that these people have used to tell people they need to come back. He uses it to say, no, you need, you know, this is why you need to stay in grace and not go back and be tied up to the law. So he goes back to the word. Just as Abraham believed God and was reckoned to him righteousness, so you see those who believe are descendants of Abraham. And the scriptures, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, declared the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the Gentiles shall be blessed in you. For this reason, those who believe are blessed with Abraham who believed. Now what he is uh, quoting here is he's quoting Genesis fifteen five six, and I don't think it's a word for word. Matter of fact, I think Gentiles is uh, something that he's using a little bit uh, liberally, but it's uh, to make his point that's saying you know because Abraham believed that he would have as many descendants as the stars, as that's what made him right, and what Paul's making clear is that these descendants were Gentiles as well. So sometimes we, you know, it's strange how we use the word, but I, I use the Bible. And I think it's very interesting to watch how Paul uses it. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not observe or obey all of the things written in the book of the law. So he uses Deuteronomy twenty-seven twenty-six here. It goes, it goes on to say, now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the one who is righteous will live by faith. Um, I'm not sure where he's quoting that from. Um, but the law does not rest on faith. On the contrary, whoever does the work of the law will live by them. Whoever does the works. Now that's a Leviticus verse uh, 18. Five, I believe, and so he's saying, "Whoever does the works of the law will live by them." Now, he this is something that's to support the law. This is a verse that was meant to support the law, and now he's using it as a verse to say, "No, now if you live by the law, you have to, you know, whoever does the works of the law has to live by them." You know, there's not no grace in law anymore. So he's really trying to separate people from being tied up to the burden and to the yoke of the law. Christ us, Christ goes on to say, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Uh, that's Deuteronomy uh, 21, 23. And that says is basically anyone, you know, Christ was executed as a criminal when you're, is what it means. So cursed is everyone who's executed as a criminal. And that's how Christ was murdered as a criminal 14 it says in order that in christ jesus the blessing of abraham might come to the gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith so you know you see this mini sermonette that paul's put together using the verses using the very books uh, that are being used to accuse him. He's going back and saying, you know, I'll use, you know, if this is what they way we're going to go, I'll go this way. And so he backs up what he has and what he believes using uh, the word as well. Now let's look at the promise of Abraham. 
15, brothers and sisters, I give an example from daily life. Once a person will have, once a person's will, as in someone's, you leave when you die, once a person's will has been ratified, no one adds to it or annuls it. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and his offsprings, as many, but it says, and to your offspring, that is, to one person who is Christ. Now, people could argue that and uh, s- say that, that Paul's using liberty here. But uh, I'll let, let you decide that. My point, Paul says, is this. The law which came 430 years later does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to nullify the promise. For if the inheritance comes from the law, it is no longer comes from the promise, but God granted it to Abraham through the promise. So right here, Paul is trying to make it very clear that this is like the will. This is God's last will and testament way. (laughs) That this was God's will all along uh, was this covenant of grace. And um, and that it would be our inheritance would be grace, and that grace would cover that. It goes on to say then, you know, of course, then it goes, why then the law, 19? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring would come to whom promise had been made. It was ordained through angels by a mediator. Now, a mediator involves more than one party, but God is one. Is the law then opposed to the promise of God? Certainly not. For if the law had been given that could make alive the righteous, would indeed come through the law. So Paul's saying, you know, the law's not bad. Matter of fact, if there was a law that could that could bring us faith, that could bring us acceptance, then it could come through that. But there is no such thing in the law. But the scripture has in twenty two says, But the scriptures has imprisoned all things under the power of sin so that what was promised through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. So once again, we come back to faith, belief, uh, that it's acceptance, uh, it's receiving. 23, now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore, the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came so that we might be justified by faith. So the law was only there to prepare us and to protect us till faith came. But now, 25 says, but now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to disciplinarian, to this disciplinarian. So we're no longer under the law. 26, for in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. Now here comes a very important verse that I think is one of the most important verses in Galatians. Because there is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. So he's saying there's no longer status anymore. There's no longer... No one is above anyone else anymore. No one... It has, has, you know, this is the power of grace. This is the power of grace being fulfilled. This is the power of the law being fulfilled and grace coming in is that all of a sudden it is the great equalizer. It brings us all onto one ground. 
And so this is for the Gentiles, which is all of us, but it goes further and Paul takes it to its furthest extent right here. And this verse makes so many people uncomfortable and uh, that's okay. It makes me very happy. There's no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. So all titles, all hierarchies have been nullified. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offsprings, heirs according to the promise. So this is clearly all are accepted. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter your background. Doesn't matter your gender. Doesn't matter your race. Doesn't matter your standing. Doesn't matter if you've been a minister for 50 years or you've been a bank robber for 70. All that matters is that your faith and grace. Now, this is the truth. This is a hard one to say. Now, I'm not saying you're out there actively robbing banks. It doesn't matter. <laughs> because it's saying you're saved by grace, not by works. Ephesians 2.8.9 says, We're saved by grace, not by works. No one may boast. There's nothing we can say or nothing we can do. It is by grace we're saved. And it's grace that allows us to do good works. So that's good news. It's quite a lot. It's, uh, it's it went, we went through it a little bit faster than I thought we would, but we learn a lot from here about how important grace is to Paul, how angry going back to the law is. Um, and we also see an example of how he would prepare a sermon or practice a sermon uh, by using the Old Testament, by using the Torah to uh, plead his case. So it's quite a, quite a beautiful thing. Um, and of course, 28, there's no longer Jew or Greek, there's no longer slave or free, there's no longer male or female, for you are one in Christ Jesus. And uh, that's good news. So I hope you... Uh, hope you find encouragement in that. I hope you find acceptance in that. And I hope you uh, are able to receive the freedom of acceptance. That you are accepted and that you aren't tied up into man-made laws or man-made situations. I swear um, sometimes legalism or even bad theology drives us in such particular ways and this is saying it doesn't matter if you're a theologian or a simpleton you're all one in Christ and uh, I definitely probably fall more into the simpleton area than the theologian as I try to go to school and learn more about it um so yeah Be one in Christ. Be accepted because you are accepted. Thanks so much for listening.